This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. Yes, Lord, you are greatly to be praised. There is none like you. You are good. You are faithful. You are awesome. You are wonderful. You are majestic. Oh yes, we, we stand in awe of you. We kneel in awe of you. We prostrate in awe of you. We worship your glory. Your presence is here. And we know, oh Lord, you are here to do us good. You are here to bless us with all of spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That is what your word says. We are expectant. We are hungry. We receive your touch. Spirit of God, we ask that you would have your way in this place. Yes, have your way in this place. Touch every heart because you know every heart. In accordance to their needs, even as your word comes, let your word come with power and grace. Let the anointing that you have given, even for this word, spread around. Let this knowledge increase. Let your love fill our hearts. Help us to be doers of your word, not just hearers. Let there be fruits that continue to grow, to abide in the name of Jesus. Let the ministry of your angels take place in this place. The lives will receive a touch from heaven. That your power will be expressed and made manifest to heal, to deliver, to save, to bring life because that is what you bring. You are life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life will receive you, Jesus, in this place. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' glorious name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you, kings and priests. God bless you. God bless everyone who has made it to church this morning or for the church meeting. Um, it's a privilege to be in front of us again. Uh, it's God's doing that we have opportunity to gather and we don't take it for granted. In some other places or some other climes, it is difficult to gather. It is actually restricted. And in some other places, it is even controlled what is shared. Because um, naturally, human beings, we like control. Um, the word control is part of our DNA, so to speak. We want to be sure of where we are putting our legs so that we don't fall. We want to be sure of where we are putting our money so that we don't lose it, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. People are not answering me this morning. Yeah. Let's speak up. For those, okay, let me, for those who are investing, who have money somewhere, before you invested your money, what happened? Okay, Pastor Fumi said we do due diligence, right? Brother yeah. Why? So we will not lose our money. Hmm, interesting. 
Our money, your money, right? <laughs> my money, my money. Amen. Amen. You know, we want to know. We want to be sure. We want to have control over what happens around us. And in doing that, we extend it to everything about our lives, including how we live our lives, how we relate with God. You want to be sure. You want to have control. So when God says, give me your life, you say, okay, God, uh, maybe about my, my neighbors, relationship with my neighbors, I give you my life. Relationship with my boss in the office, I give you my life. Or relationship with my wife or my children and my money, let me have that one. Praise the Lord. So we tend to have that mindset that we need to be in control of some certain things in our lives. Yes, we are believers. I'm not talking about unbelievers. We are believers. We know um, that we are saved by the blood. We can quote scriptures that tell us that indeed we are saved by the blood. Right? But in actually living the life of a saved person or someone who has been saved by the blood, it is a contention. You are now, it's no more you know, we say light and darkness cannot coexist, right? If you come into this room and it is dark, what should you do? Switch on the light. And then when you switch on the light, you can see everywhere. You can know where the tables are, the chairs are, where the fans are, so you don't bump your head on the pillar or break the lights by eating them down. Praise the Lord. Control is part of our DNA. Protecting ourselves is what uh, the fall has brought to us outside of God. That is, protecting ourselves outside of God. Hence, it is difficult when we hear things like surrender to God, submit totally to God. We sang that song earlier. Uh, that's the song we sang before the announcement uh, came up with respect to surrender at the cross. A lot of us have gone to the cross. We have said we have surrendered, but Jesus is looking at us. and say, ah, oh yeah now. Amen? Why is Jesus saying, oh yeah, now? Because he's still seeing you are holding your life. You say you have surrendered. Oh yeah, surrender. On every decision, in every case, in every matter, in every relationship, you have said surrender. But you still look at it and say, ah, surrender. Surrender? You call it in different pitches. Surrender? Hmm. You are thinking about it. Can I actually surrender? This matter. Praise the Lord. We thank God for the Family Life Conference and a lot of things was brought to light and I believe we were all blessed and we are still being blessed by the word that was given out by God's uh, maid servant, Pastor Tino. 
And she blessed us so, so, so much about our life, about our life experiences uh, with the Word of God uh, confirming what, what uh, the Spirit of God gave to us. Praise the Lord. And for us, we are, we are all work in progress. God is working in us. I think to the extent or to the degree we yield ourselves, I think I've mentioned this a long time ago, the, to the extent we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit is to the extent He would work in us. And then we would have living or will be living proofs of what He has done. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago rather, we went into a topic, uh, trusting in God. And this morning, by the grace of God, we will go into another side of that with a larger view on family, on marriage. Of course, this affects every area of our lives. And I want to appreciate our anchor for the School of the Word. She has done a very wonderful job this morning to be able to communicate truths from the Word of God with respect to practical ways of actually living the life that God called us to live as husband and wife. Praise the Lord. And that all borders around allowing yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. Allowing yourself to be controlled by the Spirit of God. You know, it's all that she said this morning. I'm, I'm sure some of us are thinking about it. Can this actually be done? Can I actually do this? You can't. You cannot by your own strength. Amen? You cannot by what? Your own strength. The Bible says, by strength shall no man prevail. God is our help. The Spirit of God has been graciously given to us to assist us, to help us, to aid us, to guide us, to lead us in doing what the Father has said that we should do. This morning, we'll be looking at trusting in God uh, as part of the series Encounters of Understanding. But before we go into that, I would like us to read our anchor scripture for Encounters of Understanding again. And we'll be reading it together this time. Job chapter 32 verse 8. Please bring it up on the screen, media, quickly. I need fast fingers, please. Uh, the media right now. Um, New King James Version, yes. Let's read it together. One to go. And the bread of the Almighty gives him understanding. Again. But there is a spirit in man, and the bread of the Almighty gives him understanding. One more time. But there is a spirit in man, and the bread of the Almighty gives him understanding. Can I have it in the Amplified Classic, please? Excuse me. All right. Amplified Bible. But there is a vital force, a spirit of intelligence in man. And the breath of the Almighty gives men understanding. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, this is the Genesis 
of interaction of God with man to do God's bidding or to do God's work or to live life the way God has called us to. Naturally, I've said before, we cannot do anything by ourselves. We cannot live the life that God has called us to by ourselves. So, But he has placed a spirit in us through which he interacts with us. And by that spirit, that regenerated spirit, when you become born again, or even for those who are not born again, he still connects with them with that spirit to beckon on them, to convict them of sin. Praise the Lord. But as you get born again, that spirit's essence becomes activated. And then there is an intense download of what God wants you to do or how he expects you to live here on earth through the avenue or through the channel of that spirit. And it is his Holy Spirit living inside of us that connects with his, uh, our own spirit that begins to bring understanding to us as the Spirit of God breathes on us. We sing that song, just breathe your name upon me. Breathe. The Holy Spirit does that job or does that work and then brings understanding for every and any situation. So in other words, we are most blessed when we, one, become born again, two, we are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because those are the two criteria through which we can live a blessed life and allow God to live here on earth with us. Praise the Lord. I said allow because you still have to submit to the Holy Spirit. You still have to allow him to work the work of Christ in you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 130. Bring it up briefly. Psalm 119 verse 130. The Bible says his word brings light and understanding. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to what? The simple. So, in other words, his word has been coming. His word will continue to come. But as we receive his word, the Bible says, his word gives what? The Bible says his word gives what? The entrance of his word gives light. That is, his word carries light in it. Right? It is inherent. But when it enters into your spirit, when it enters into you, it gives you that light. Verse 105 of this same uh, chapter of the book of Psalms says that his word is a lamp to our feet and a what? Light to our path. So when he speaks, the anchor of uh, School of the Word said earlier this morning that the word of God uh, it carries, or it, um, how did she put it now? It carries light. Amen? It brings light. 
Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Oh, sorry. That the word of God carries is a spirit. The word you speak, rather, is a spirit. Yeah. So when you speak to people, when you hear God's word, or you hear people speak to you, it alters or changes perceptions within you. That's why when you talk to a child or you talk to an adult in a certain way, based on what you are communicating, that child or that adult is either happier or angrier, so to speak. Let me use those um, qualifications. I said angrier because that child could be angry or in a state, whether angry or happy. So what you are saying could relieve the anger or could cause more anger. And anger, we say, is a spirit. Right? So it aggravates or increases the uh, depth or the weight with which that spirit is going to influence that person. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The word that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, let's go back to how all of this translates to trusting in God. Our anchor scripture two weeks ago or three weeks ago was Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Proverbs 3, what? 5 to 6. Bring it up. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Can I have it in the Amplified? All right. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and and acknowledge, rather, Him. And He will direct and make straight plain, and plain, rather, your paths. Go back to verse 5. Lean on. What does it mean to lean on? To put your weight on something. To put your weight on something, right? Or someone. Trust in and be confident in the Lord. All your heart, not part of it. And mind. And do not rely on your own insight. You know, we, we have wisdom. If you have wisdom here, can I see your hand? People are not, they're not sure of themselves whether they have wisdom or not. May you have wisdom in Jesus' name. So if you have wisdom here, can I see your hand? All right. Good. But there is wisdom of man. There is wisdom of God. And I would like to swap insight with wisdom here. So, do not rely on your own wisdom or what? 
understanding. Jesus, oh no, not Jesus. Of course, the Spirit of Jesus, that's the Holy Spirit. In the book of um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, Paul, the apostle of Jesus, said, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that he's praying for the church in Ephesus, that the Lord God will give them what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of what? Him. So, wisdom and revelation can exist in the knowledge of something else or someone else. That's why we have philosophies. We have mindsets. We have thought patterns. This is how marriage should be. This is how family should be. And it is getting bad by the day. Praise the Lord. But the wisdom of God is steadfast. It remains the same. The word of God is the same. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. It does not change. It does not evolve. It does not update. When I say update, I mean you don't, you don't have, okay, uh, this is what we said before. The only update that occurred was when Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Praise the Lord. That was the only update. He said, I did not come to abolish it, but to fulfill the law. And then we think, okay, Jesus came, yes, before he said, do not kill. But if you think evil of your brother, you are already a murderer. So you can see that there is an update on that law. And that's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Which the Lord used to deliver us from the law of sin and death. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Praise the Lord. This morning, we'll look at a part of the topic. I'll call it basis for trust. The basis for trust. It's one of the aspects we'll look at under trusting in God. And I believe that the Lord will help us to understand why we want to say, or why somebody will say, I trust in God. Because the truth is this, if you have no reason for doing something, then doing it is just out of maybe fulfilling all righteousness or following the bandwagon and all that. So there is no conviction. There is no reason when somebody calls you out and says, young man, why did you marry your wife? Or for the singles, why do you intend to marry this person? There should be a reason. Praise the Lord. Because the truth is, I know, I think it was, okay, yeah, it was Pastor Fumi that said, a senior pastor that said this. Many years ago, somebody, or somebody said in a group of uh, meeting of saying that, okay, why do we marry? Person stood up gallantly. You know, when you are with confidence, it shows. That is what we do when we grow up, uh, get to that age. I said, hey. Seriously? Like for real? Praise the Lord. We don't get married as a result of coming into maturity in age. Yes, there is maturity. But then, why do you get 
married? And to be specific, why are you saying this brother or this sister is the person I want to get married to? There must be a reason. There must be a conviction. So that 10 years, 20 years, 50 years down the line, that conviction does not change. Praise the Lord. Why are you going on a journey? Now, this is not just marriage alone. On any journey whatsoever. Why are you in Metamorphosis Christian Center? Is there a reason why you are here? Is there a reason why you are in the kingdom of God? You call yourself born again. Is there a reason why? Can you for shorty beat your chest and say, Come rain or sun, high weather or low weather, snow or hailstone, flood or whatever, volcano or earthquake, I won't deny Jesus. Is there a reason why you stand and make that decision or proclamation or declaration? To anyone. That is what trusting in God is all about. That is what brings you to a place to say, Lord, I know you can, or you are this, 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 this to me. That is why I am confident that on this matter, though I am tossed to and fro by the wind, I will remain steadfast in you. My anchor will hold. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number one, God's love. Number one, that's the basis of God's, uh, the basis of trust in God. God's love. Let's open to First John. First John chapter four, seven to eleven. First John chapter four, seven to eleven. Of course, we know John three sixteen. For God so what? That he that whosoever it seems not everybody knows that verse. Or we are not excited to read it. If you know God loves you, let me see your hand up. Indeed, God loves us. Praise the Lord. He sent his son. Jesus to die on the cross for you and I. And that love cannot be mimicked. It can only be lived. Praise the Lord. Listen to what I said. That love cannot be what? Mimicked. When I say mimicked, you cannot try to have a parallel uh, copy. You cannot copy it. You can only live it. There's a difference between living the love and copying the love. Praise the Lord. So, 1 John 1, sorry, 1 John 4, 1 John 4, 7 to 11. Uh, let's go back to New King James. New King James Version, please. Thank you. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is what? Of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So there is a there is a basis for saying you love God. I mean, or rather, there's a result that should occur when you say you love God. So 
you must love one another. For love is what? Of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So before you can say you have God's love inside of you, there must be a relationship with God. For you to say you love your brother, for you to say you love your husband or your wife, for you to say you love your children, there must be a relationship with God that brings up a knowing that indeed God is love. Verse 8, please. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Go on. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent His only Son, only begotten Son, into the world that we might live through Him. 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So in other words, God loved us first. We did not come into a place that, ah, no, God, I love you. That's why I want to move close to you. He did his own part first. He showed us his love and expressed his own type or kind of love so that we can live in that love and also love him back and also love his children. Praise the Lord. So, the basis for trusting in God, being God's love, helps us to understand that it is God's love that helps us to or brings us to a place where we can trust in him. Because his love is amazing. Praise the Lord. His love is what? Amazing. It goes beyond, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it comes with an understanding that even when he did not know us, he decided to go the long haul by dying and allowing us to be part of his kingdom. He doesn't lose anything if we are not part of his kingdom in that sense. It doesn't change him as God. He is still God. But he loved us so much that he decided that, no, these people that I have created with my hands, Yes, something happened in the garden. There was a fall. But the devil will not have laugh over my creation. All things were created by him and for him, right? So we are part of his creation. And he has decided that, no, I created these people in my own image and what? Likeness. So there is a need for me to restore this relationship. I cannot lose this relationship. Yes, I regretted creating man and then sent a flood. But then I preserved the family of Noah to continue human race. So in other words, after Adam, then Noah, and then the newness of life, Jesus came to complete that restoration. If God had cleared out every human being, including Noah's family. Of course, there won't be a continuation. You would have just created man all over again if he had wanted to. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus came and began or gave us that opportunity to say, guys, we still love you. When I say guys, I mean, he was talking to man generally. And when I say we, I'm talking about he 
himself as the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Because they were the ones that came together and said, let us create man. So, we still love you. We will not allow you to go like that. But in fulfilling the legal requirement for a buyback, for a redemption, I will come and die. That is Jesus. I will come and die. I will be... God sent him. said, go. Go and represent us. Die for these people. And this did not happen when the fall of man took place. This had happened from the foundations of the world. So in other words, God knew that man would fall and made a provision. Jesus, you are my son. That is in the in the Trinity now. God the Father telling Jesus you will die. Holy Spirit, you are a spirit. Hmm? Of course, the three of them, they are spirit beings. But then, there is a role and responsibility among the three. So, God sent his son to go do the actual physical death. So that blood will be what? Shed. Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. I'm going this length to let us know that our salvation, our commitment to God, our confession to say, I trust in God, didn't come with kid gloves. It didn't come cheap. And as a result, because blood was shed, because Christ died, we have the boldness with the knowledge that he was raised from the dead, that we can come boldly to God and tell him, Lord, I trust you on this matter. Because even when nothing else could have saved me, you decided to save me. Praise the Lord. Our understanding of our relationship or how we were saved through God's love helps us to come into a place where trusting in God should not be so difficult. That's where I'm coming to. Our knowledge of how we were saved brings us to a place to know that how we trust God, or sorry, saying that we trust God shouldn't be difficult. But then, we still have difficulty. So this is one of the bases why we say we trust God. John, 1 John chapter 2, verse uh, 6. Can you bring that up? Still the same book of 1 John. Chapter 2, verse 6. Still talking about God's uh, relationship with us. He said, he who says he abides in him, that is, if I say I am for God, ought himself to walk just as he what? Walked. So if I say I love God, or I trust in God, I should carry that uh, attribute into relationship with his children. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I should carry that what? Attribute into what? Relationship with his children. So when I say I trust my wife or I love my wife, you are not saying that out of the place of human understanding. You are saying that out of the place of God's understanding of what trust, love, or relationship is all about. What you are saying is that even when this person behaves, 
I will not stop loving or trusting in God for his behalf. Or our behalf. Praise the Lord. That is why God showing the children of Israel through the life of the prophet Hosea, asking him to go marry a harlot. How many of you believe that or can imagine that somebody saying, having all his senses okay and decides to tell you as a parent that mom, dad, I want to marry an harlot, a harlot rather. You'll be like, are you, are you okay? Praise the Lord. Because why? We know who a harlot is. Right? We know what they do. We know how they behave. They don't have any allegiance to commitment into relationship. So they move from one person to another. And that behavior was what God was trying to depict to the children of Israel then, that this is how you are behaving. But still, still, I will show you my love. I will show you how my relationship with you is. So, in other words, trusting in God is not our own wisdom or in our own effort. It's not in our own mindset or understanding or, or ability. It comes with an understanding that because Christ did this for me, I will do the same for this person. Praise the Lord. He said, he himself ought or also to walk just as he walked. Let's look at it in the Amplified uh, Translation. 1 John 2, verse 6. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Whoever says he abides in him ought as a personal debt. We can never pay God for what he did for us. But then, we can love his children the way, that's the only thing he asks us to do. Love one another the way I loved you. So, as a personal debt, to walk and conduct himself in the same way in which he walked and conducted himself. So, this means there is no giving up in God's dictionary. The only person he had given up on by decision was the devil. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So any human being and every human being have the opportunity as long as they are still alive to enter God's kingdom if and only if they see the love of God. And how do they see the love of God? Through you and I. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So God's love, that's the first basis for trust. That's the first reason why we can say we trust someone whom we call our spouse or a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ. Even though there is high likelihood that they can offend us, they can make us miserable. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Do good to those who do what? Despitefully use you. He knew what he was saying. He knew it was going to be hard. 
That is why he said it. If it's not going to be, I usually say something that whatever is written in the Bible as an instruction to us, God knows that it's difficult for us to do by ourselves. That's why he's instructing us to do it. So you can't say, ah, you don't, like Pastor Tunio was saying, ah, this Bible passage was not written for my husband. God did not know my husband, a lie. Or God did not know my wife, or my son, or my daughter, Mm-mm. or this brother of mine who calls himself my sibling. Praise the Lord. Our relationship with God supersedes every other relationship. One. Two, our relationship with God must be superimposed on every other relationship. That is what we are saying. God's love. And in saying that, we've also looked at the second one, that's Jesus coming to die for our sins. Was buried and raised to life again by the power of God. So his blood cleanses us from sin and gives us new life, which is the life eternal. Romans 10, 9. Let's open to that. Romans 10, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. It says, because if you acknowledge, okay, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. You will be what? Saved. And then in 1 John 1, 7, it talks about his blood cleansing us from sin. 1 John 1, 7. Let's open to it. Okay. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes. Okay, sorry, this is verse 1. Verse 7, please. If, 7, 7, not 10, thank you. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So in other words, what Jesus came to do is blood cleansing us from our sins and being an act of love, we are meant to show this. I mean, Apostle Paul was saying that we should uh, make allowance for each other's faults. But then, of course, showing love in dealing the, with the matter. Why? Because if you just say, I make allowance for your fault, then there is no redemption in that alone. So what do you do? Of course, praying for the person, encouraging the person like we heard in the morning, to do right. Praise the Lord. You don't keep quiet. There is positive confrontation. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Someone said, you won't fully enjoy a swing. How many of us know a swing? If you have ever gone on a swing, can I see your hand? Uh, Somebody is really, really raising their hand. That means uh, they enjoy swinging. Huh? But do you know you can't go on a swing and enjoy the swing without lifting your legs from the ground? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, in other words, you sit on the swing, right? And then the swing is meant to swing, right? And your feet are on the ground, right? And then 
They are saying, move now. Lift your leg now. And you say, you are looking at the chair. You are looking at the structure. You are saying, this ground is better. And initially, you said you wanted to swing. Abby. Now you get there, and you are like, oh yeah, move now. In fact, maybe somebody is behind you, trying to push you to swing. And you are like resisting. You know, that's how we do with God sometimes. Well, it depends on how the, your own level of yieldedness anyway. So it could be a lot of times, not just sometimes. Praise the Lord. So we sit on the swing of the kingdom of God, or it's sitting in the kingdom of God, more like a swing. The structures are there. Everything has been provided. And then you still place your leg on the ground. And he's saying, oh yeah now, bro, sis, move now. And you say, ah, are you sure that this swing can carry my weight? Are you sure that what you have built, the structure, the system of the kingdom that you have built can sustain me? Are you sure that your word's enough? Are you sure that your word is enough to help me through life? Are you sure that the Spirit of God can actually lead me? That's what we are saying. And then you are like, but until you raise your legs off the ground, praise the Lord, until you do what? Raise your legs off the ground. You cannot enjoy the swing. You cannot go up and then you go, wee, like the children will say. Of course, some other adults also say they, when they are enjoying the swing anyway. Or you go to an amusement park. You know, amusement park is a different kettle of it. There are different kinds of, I don't know what to call them now. Play things there. They are mechanically controlled. You know that one? If they press the button, if you like, put your leg on the ground. It will carry you, will move you. But we are talking about something that you need to allow. That one you don't allow. All you need to do is just sit down in the machine. But this one, you need to allow them or allow the swing to move freely before you can enjoy it. So in the kingdom, structures have been put in place. Systems have been put in place. God the Father is there. His Son, Jesus Christ, has died and raised and He has given us new life. And the Holy Spirit is there, given to us to guide us through life, to help us through life. The helper, the advocate, name it, as it's written in um, John 14 and John 16. But then we are still saying, are you sure? It borders around trusting in God with our life. That song, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Like the swing. When you swing, you are free, right? You are moving. Woo! You are enjoying yourself. But you can't be free without the understanding that is watching over you. Even in that stress, even in that circumstance, even in that place of turbulence or storm or relationship misalignment, even in that disorder, 
even in that place of not knowing what is next. Personally, trusting in God is actually trusting in God. Personally, for me, I've had situations where, in reality, if if not for God, as that song says, if no be God, where for thee? You go through life and you're wondering, how did I get here? I mean, you look back and you're amazed. Why? Because God has helped you. Praise the Lord. You see, our lives has been prepared for. He has made all the provisions available. But we keep coming to a place of rational thinking. And saying, are you sure? Asking questions like, is this for me? For goodness sake, I remember a story that Pastor Richard told us. He said he went to, I think it was UTC or so, and he met a lady and she asked, uh, I mean, based on the, uh, in the course of their conversation, she was, it was like, if I give you 20 million now, what are you going to say? Ah, 20 million! That is too much for me. Why? Because that understanding of having that much money with her is too big for her to comprehend. When I heard that, I told Pastor, I said, me, ma, as you see me standing. 90 bi- No, I think that was, okay, I think some other time later, um, was it that same year, Desani Allison had an issue and all of that. And then they were talking about 90, is it $90 million on one hand being taken or whatever. But I was like, me, that $90 million, I already have a plan for what I'll use it for. Because if you don't have a plan in line with God's plan, that money is small for God anyway. But then, it already has a use. So if your mind cannot wrap up and understand, of course, you can't fully understand God only. But then, wrap up the understanding that this my God is bigger than what my brain can carry. So there is no trouble. There is no problem. There is no need. There is no resource that he cannot take care of. There is no man's heart that he cannot deal with. So when we look at relationships and we look at our husbands or our wives on any matter or someone we want to marry, there is no... I mean, he created them for goodness sake. And he said the heart of the king is in what? God's hands. How much more the followers of the king? God loves us. He sent his son to die and he brought into our lives his spirit to make it beautiful. 
And the truth is, whether you are a believer or not, challenges and troubles will come. But we have the privilege of the Holy Spirit. And we can trust in Him and move freely on the swing. Why? Because He's the one pushing the swing. He's the one that constructed the frames. He's the one that is sustaining the frames. He's the one that is watching over us. Praise the Lord. If we don't get anything from what I have said, get this. He is with us. That's number three. He is with us. He is with us. The book of Proverbs, no, not Proverbs, Psalms 23 verse 4. Psalms 23 verse 4. You can write that down. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. Deuteronomy 31, 6. I'm too fast, right? Okay. Proverbs, no, sorry. Why am I going back to Proverbs? Psalms 23, verse 4. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. Deuteronomy 31, 6. First John 4, 15. Let's start with First John 4, 15. First John four fifteen. Media, please help me. First John four fifteen. Oh, okay. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides what? In him. And he in God. God does what? Abides in him and he in God. John chapter fifteen, I won't forget that. Uh, scripture in a jiffy where Jesus was speaking on being fruit bearing being productive in his kingdom said if you abide in me and I abide in you the result of fruit bearing will occur naturally and we are naturally supernatural I I want to walk the way Jesus walked I don't know about you where I can just say there's a need, go to Lake Jabi and fish. And then a gold coin, maybe a bitcoin, the actual physical bitcoin, comes out of one of the fish mouths. I say, go and change it. How much is it now? $67,000 or sixty-five or sixty-three. dollars I mean, it's just moving up and down. Whichever the money is, change it and then let's sort out the need. According to his will, what happened? They accosted him, the Pharisees. Your, you and your people don't pay tight. Eh. All right, Peter, go to the fish boat. And where is the fish boat? The river. And he knows that Peter is a fisherman, right? An expert fisherman. The first fish that you catch, as he was speaking, creation was hearing his voice and obeying. The fish that had the purpose of God in line with the word of God went to look for the coin, swallowed the coin and aligned to be received into Peter's net. 
and the first one at that matter. God doesn't make mistakes. Praise the Lord. He doesn't do what? Doesn't make mistakes. So when you are dilly-dallying, can this work? Can this not work? Is this God? The first thing you need to do is ask the Lord for his help. Open his word. What has he said concerning you? Peter went to the water. He threw the net. The first fish he picked, he opened its mouth. That fish was a servant. Praise the Lord. Creation aligned to ensure that a teaching was given to us, his people, about provisions. We cannot do this by ourselves. We need to trust God. Life in itself is difficult as it stands. And some, some, some people will say living in uh, Nigeria is even more difficult. But really, you've not seen difficult. If you go to some other countries, it's more difficult than Nigeria. But Nigeria, you are enjoying. You can sit down with your fine clothes. This morning, was it yesterday? Okay, it was yesterday I was reading, you know, when the U.S. left Afghanistan. The Taliban with uh, the U.S. had an understanding. And we know that the Taliban were the ones that brewed Osama bin Laden, right? Now, people were being arrested and all of that. Life changed for the people in Afghanistan. Now today, another group have started fighting against the Afghanistans, oh, sorry, the Taliban, killing them one by one, their leaders. You see, dog eats dog cannot end on this world. Praise the Lord. When I say dog eats dog, people who have the mindset of animals, that is the way they think, the way they, they, they have brought themselves low to the level of animals, it cannot end on this world. Jesus was telling us, in this world, there will be tribulations. There will be challenges. There is no two way about it. Whether you are for me or you are against me, you will face challenges. But for those of you who are for me, who are in me, who are abiding in me and in my kingdom, and I'm abiding in you, be of good cheer. For I have overcome, not you, I himself, because he has overcome, we, oh sorry, because he has overcome, English, teachers, we have overcome. We have his life inside of us. We have his strength inside of us. We have the ability to do as he did, to live as he lived. Because we trust. Because we trust in God. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. Quickly, please. Then we'll end there for today. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. Isaiah 43, 1 to 4. Media, is anybody there? I'll read from here. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. 
If you are the creation of the Lord, can I see your hand? So God is addressing you here. Listen. But now, O house of metamorphosis, listen to the Lord who created you. You can put your name there. The one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, he didn't say just shallow waters or any kind of, I mean, walking on water or walking on, when there's flood, when rain falls and there's flood, at this level, it's still easy to go through it, right? You can walk. But when you go through oceans, deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. I'm reading from New Living Translation. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. Can we bring it up in the New Living Translation so that everybody can understand or follow me as I read? Media, thank you. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. How many of you have been in trouble before? We are in church. How many of you have been in trouble before? I'm not saying how many of you will be will want to be in trouble. <laughs> because nobody wants to be in trouble, right? But how many of you have been in trouble before? You have been in a deep mess before. Not just one, a lot. Ah, all right. We are getting somewhere. Praise the Lord. So he's saying, when you go through great trouble, I will be with you. He didn't say, I will not allow trouble to come to you. Although in some other parts, it depends on what he wants to bring out from that experience for you. So, and he said, what will not, or how did you put it now? Uh, there's no temptation that has uh, come upon you that is not common to man. But it will create what? A way of escape. So when you go through the rivers of difficulty, now not just rivers, we know there's rivers of joy, right? Amen? We know there's rivers of joy. Who wants to go through rivers of joy? Ah, everybody. Who wants to go through rivers of difficulty? Ah, nobody. Amen? When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, how many of you know that oppression can be hot? When you are oppressed, I cannot forget 2015, the year that one of the facilities I was um, handling, got burnt. I was inside the building, or I came into the building when it was about, or when it was just increasing in, fire, in, in strength. The fire was increasing in strength. We had fought it with uh, fire extinguishers. Uh, forget it. This one is, uh, this building is coming down that day. That was what was said then. But then, I could feel the heat. Now, I wasn't close to the fire, but I could see fire everywhere. Fire is hot. 
Have you tried playing with fire? The one, okay, just strike a match and touch the fire on the match. That one is small fire, have you? You can see how hot it is. Now, this one is superlative fire of oppression. If there is a qualification for that. He said, you will not what? Be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Hallelujah. A testimony of that was when the three Hebrew friends were telling them, see, on this matter, for us to bow to your graven image, we will not bow. You say you will throw us in fire. We know our God will deliver us. But even if he does not, we will not bow. Say, hey, me? You are insulting me. Because the king grew angry and they threw them in fire. And we know the story. A fourth man appeared. By the time they brought them out, this is where I'm going. The Bible says that even the smell of smoke was not around them. In other words, they were experiencing air conditioning within the fire. You know, if you go, those of you do parties and you make, um, what do you call it? Whatever kind of party and then you use firewood. You know, firewood smells on the body. You are not inside the fire. You are outside the fire. Smoke is coming out and touching your body. You can carry that smoke for Africa if you don't pull that clothes. But here, the Bible says that even smoke did not smell on their body. In fact, the cords that they used to tie their hands and their legs and their bodies fell off under the heat of the fire, burnt up. But their clothing, nothing happened to them, no scratch on their body. Not a single strand of air got burnt. That is what God has said he will do for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know what else will make you believe that you can't trust in God. Verse 3, please. Verse 3, quickly, quickly. For I am the Lord your God, the only one of what? Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba as a ransom for your freedom. Hallelujah. Those who said, you, you are trusting in God, I will stand in your way. He said, I gave those people as a ransom for your freedom. There are people, there are situations, there are circumstances contending for your freedom in Christ. God is saying here that he is removing all of them, making them a ransom for your freedom. Verse 4, please. Verse 4. Others died that you might live. Now, it's, 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 I know all of us are human beings. You have wonderful hearts. You don't want people to die. Of course, we pray against, or we speak against fall down and die prayers. I agree with you. Nobody should die. But then, there are those who decided, no, they are not fighting, you are not the one praying this prayer. They are fighting against God and saying, because you say you are a child of God, because you say you are trusting in God, I will show you Pepe. 
what they are ultimately saying is, I will face the God you are saying you are serving and challenge him to the life that he has given to you. I will take that life and there is nothing he can do about it. And God says, eh, eh, all right, all right. You think you are smart. So God deals with them, whether through death or through disease or whatever. He teaches them a lesson. But we are not in the place to say or tell them to fall down and die or to say things that will... Because, of course, they are still God's creation. I learned so much from the life of David. Even when he was chosen as being king over Saul and he had the opportunity to kill Saul, he said, I will I touch the Lord's anointed. He understood order. He understood authority. He understood the place of God's actions. His own part in it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Others died that you might live. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. Let's bow down our heads. We have come to learn of him and I believe the Holy Spirit has spoken to us and encouraged us to come into understanding that we are precious to him. We are honored. We are lifted. We are the apple of his eyes. Our names are engraved in his palm. Concerning us, there is nothing that is difficult for him. Be mountains, be valleys, whatever it is, whichever situation, whatever circumstance, all he asks of us is trust in him. Trust in him. Lift your leg off the ground and allow the swing of the kingdom to move freely in your life. The life of the kingdom. That Romans chapter 8 verse 2 says that for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Let's thank him for the spirit of life that lives within us and that breathes life into us. Let's tell him, Lord, teach me to trust you. Teach me to trust you. We cannot do it by ourselves. So let's ask for help. Lord, help me to trust you. Teach me to trust you. Help me. Be it in my marriage, concerning my children, concerning my job, my business, my extended family, concerning relationships with men. Lord, help me. Concerning the things that you are asking me to do, assignments that you are giving to me, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. 
take doubts and fears away from my heart. You have done so much that I will say, why? I can't, I can't trust you. You have done so much for me already. You have given me testimonies that I can't refute your goodness and your faithfulness. I can't say that you are not good. I can't say that you are not faithful. You have done so much for me. Help me that all of my heart is yours. I will lean on you. I will trust in you. I will be, my confidence will be in you. This is our prayer, Lord. This is our prayer. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. Because of your love and the sacrifice that you had to go through for me. Because of your words that stand sure. Because that, the fact that you are with me, even in the turbulence. The disciples came to you in the boat and cried out, Master, don't you care that we perish? And you stood up gallantly. You didn't even address them first. You addressed the situation. You said, peace. Be still. And the waves and the wind heard your voice. And they responded. Lord, we pray that every storm, every trouble, every wind, every turbulence, that is plaguing your people right now. We declare peace be still. In the name of Jesus. There are things that come to us. As a result of our own handiwork. There are things that come to us from the devil himself. To test the confession of our faith. And to take us away from the life that God has given to us. But whichever the case is, Lord, we ask for mercy and we pray, peace be still. We declare, peace be still. In the name of Jesus. That from today, we will have testimonies of answers to prayers, of your intervention. Because when you come into the scene, when you bring your weight to bear, the power that you carry, the manifestation of your glory, darkness cannot remain. Trouble finds their level. Things align. Situations correct themselves because you have intervened, because you have stepped into the room. All glory to you, Jesus. All honor to you, Jesus. All adoration to you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' glorious name, we have prayed.
This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.